Welcome back to part two of our conversation with designated drinker, founder, and CEO of Herod and Vodka, Bridget Taylor. So if you've missed part one, go back and belly up to that bar and give it a listen first. We promise to save a seat right here for you, don't we, Gina? Absolutely, right next to us. Yep. Well, they don't want to miss your tip. Absolutely. So you're going to learn about um, tart versus sour, and they are not the same things, and one can come from the other, but they can't just exist. There we go. All right, so like you said, you don't want to miss part one for that. So um, also in part one, uh, Bridget, you shared your journey that led us to you to your conjuring, like that, of Herodin Vodka, and how COVID actually pushed you into a different space that you didn't quite expect. Um, but before we go any further, I'd love for you to make sure our listeners know just a little bit um, more about your downright spooky good liquid. I love it. Uh, so I am a whiskey lover. I am a gin lover. I am a tequila and mezcal lover. Vodka never stood out to me as something that I could really enjoy sipping on its own like I could those other spirits. So Herodin is designed to be a sipping vodka that captures layers of flavor and complexity that are so celebrated in other spirits. So it's 88 proof. It's only twice distilled. And it's unfiltered, and so it's something that you can just pour on the rocks and sip on its own, and it is just absolutely delightful. Awesome. And this, to your point, plays well in with the tip that you offered, right? The the corn base, all the all the notes that come into this vodka. Yes, and then we're gonna get to the cocktail in a little bit. Right? Yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so. Now, so we got the understanding of what's the everyday bottle of Herodin. Um, let's jump in and uh, talk about your uh, paranormal reserve, shall we? Oh, yes. My favorite, my favorite thing to talk about. Wait to hear about this, Gina. This is awesome. Reserve. This is awesome. This time of year, it's like, you know, all I, all I can think about is drinking some vodka with some ghosts and demons in it. So it's very <laughs> Spirit with spirits. Yeah. So exactly. what makes it, what, what is the process of making your paranormal reserve? So we start off with just our, our classic Herodin vodka liquid in our classic Herodin vodka bottles. And then we find some of the most haunted places in the country. And we bring all of that Herodin to those establishments. And then we let them rest or age, if you will, <laughs> in those locations to really absorb the, you know, the spirits or... I don't know, demonic energy that those <laughs> locations might com contain. And so some of the places that we've partnered with, uh, we've partnered with the farm or the farm on Round Hill Road, which inspired the Conjuring movies. Uh -huh. uh, we partnered with the Occult Museum, which houses Annabelle, the demonic doll, uh, as well as the Villisca Axe Murder House and the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. So these are some of the most notoriously haunted places in the country. That's crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. I love that though. Do they get a different label or do you label, like put a label on the bottom? So we do a totally different label. And then we also, it, every year it comes in a special limited addiction, ad addiction, <laughs> limited edition, <laughs> wooden box. And so last year for our Annabelle collection, the wooden box had a Ouija board on the lid and it came with a little planchette so you could try to communicate with your bottle if you wanted. And <laughs> oh gosh, that's amazing. I know. 
And then this year, the theme, uh, every year we have a little theme that goes with the haunted bottle of vodka. This year, the theme is haunted hotel. And so, Louise, your opening was perfect talking about some of the most haunted hotels in the U.S. because we have rested 350 bottles of our paranormal reserve in two of the most haunted hotels in the country. Uh, One is the Crescent Hotel and Spa in Arkansas, uh, which has a very morbid, very morbid and now very haunted, a very morbid past and now a very haunted present. Uh, And then the Anderson Hotel in Kentucky, which allegedly is so haunted that now not even ghost hunters can really stay there overnight because it is proclaimed as too dangerous. Wow. Wow. Where is that? In Kentucky. Wow. I I believe in the 20 years uh, that it was open, um, more than a dozen people died in in that location. Wow. And they they still roam the halls. Wow, that's like that hotel in L.A. What's it called? Um, the one, that, the 13th yeah, floor yeah, one? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah, remember the name yeah. of it, yeah. Well, interesting, when uh, Bridget and I were talking the other day and she told me about this haunted hotel in in Arkansas. Well, I used to live there in yeah. Little Rock, and I had a client in Hot Springs, and there's a uh, hotel there that's notorious. Um, had a lot of gangsters at one point because there's there, horse racing was there. There was a lot of daring prohibition, oddly enough, but that it's Little Hot Springs, Arkansas. Um, And I stayed in this hotel, and I kid you not, Gina, I was telling Bridget, photos moved. They had all these old photos from, like, all black, white, really cool. But it wasn't, wouldn't move, like, after somebody came in to clean the room or whatnot. I'd literally be in the room, like, because we were on set, and one day my my shoot was canceled because it's pissing down rain. There's nothing to do with Hot Springs, Little Rock, or Hot Springs, Arkansas. I was... Working on something, I went to the bathroom, it came out, all the pictures were moved. And not a little. They were like skewed different directions because I didn't like the way they were facing. So I had faced them. Of course, I'm an art director. I faced the photos and they would move. And then that was the first time I was like, hmm. And I always felt something in that room. I felt a lot in that room. And when I was washing my face once, as Tom Bridget, this, I was washing my face after a day of shooting, and I didn't want to open my eyes because I, I didn't want to look into the mirror because I knew somebody was standing behind me. I knew somebody was standing behind me, and I just, I just said, I'm just here to stay a short while. I will leave soon. I didn't know what else. It was there, and then I like slowly opened my eyes. Oh my God, I can't have that. But I just was hoping maybe it was the same hotel, but I don't, it was not, but it was, it, yeah. That's so scary. <laughs> you should tell Dave to stop doing that to you. Be like, Dave, you fuck, if you're gonna visit me, at least tell me you're coming. Well, we know that's not true, because you know Dave Solis didn't go to Hot Springs, Arkansas. <laughs> You know oh what? Oh my that, god, that's... I just got chills. Like, I know. Oh, my god, I oh, I don't like that story. Oh my god, I hate that. I would I wouldn't open my eyes either. My thing it was it ne- nothing it all felt benign. So uh yeah, it was, you know, but it was an experience. It did startle me, just the face washing my face thing, and that might be, you know, the movies and all the things, but yeah. But you know what I'm not afraid of? <laughs> I can guess. A cocktail! Done. <laughs> I was gonna do that. <laughs> all right. We're gonna make a sour cocktail, and a true sour cocktail is sour, right? I know, it's just the stupidest thing to say to somebody. I don't, I I think to be confused in the cocktail world, um, sour versus tart, and tart is 99% of your cocktails. Sour cocktails are like 1% of the cocktails, right? So when someone calls something like a, a Collins, and they're like, oh, it's a sour Collins, 
Do you know what sour means? Sour is like, tart is like peppy and it's got citrus and a little bit of sugar. And sour is, my mouth is drenched and rounded. It's like that really um, like uh, dry Cabernet. It gives a sour taste in your mouth, right? So we're gonna create that sour taste using something so crazy as sour cream in our cocktail. Really, really random, right? All right, so what we're gonna do is a little something different, right? We're gonna take, first we're gonna take watermelon and we are going to put it in the bottom of our um, shaker tin and we're making uh, two drinks at once. So normally I would just put in a few pieces, but we're gonna put um, four pieces instead of, and they're larger, so I would probably say it's around four ounces of um, sour cream and you're gonna use for this drink, about a half a bar a spoon of sour cream per drink. We're gonna use one bar spoon. So if you're at home and you're wondering what one bar spoon is, one heaping bar spoon would be like uh, a rounded off tablespoon, right? This doesn't require a ton of sour cream. Don't overdo it. If you overdo it, you're not gonna like the drink. You're gonna be like, this girl is insane. All right, so you have that in there, right? And now we're gonna just gonna muddle it for a second. And you're incorporating that sour cream in there, right? We're not making a cake. So just so we're clear, do not stir this. I just want you to muddle it. So what you're doing is taking the watermelon and instead of making it something that's sweet, you're going to turn it into something very sour. And now it has this really pretty pink, milky um, texture. So if you wanted to do this ahead of time, you could, and you could take your sour cream and your watermelon and um, have it strained off and um, keep it in your refrigerator if you're gonna do a party. And one reason why I picked watermelon at this time of year, which are like, why are you doing watermelon? I know, global warming is not real, but global warming is totally real and you're getting melons later in the season. But the melons right now at this time of year, like have a um, sour component to them and they're like almost overripe and they're really delicious. And you can use any melon that you find. So if you're like, you know, I don't know, you're upstate New York and you're, you know, getting heavy on the cantaloupes, like that's totally fine. So now we're gonna add um, one ounce of lemon juice. So right now you have, again, the watermelon, sour cream, lemon juice, right? You're like, what are you making, a salad dressing? Pretty much, pretty much. Now we're gonna add, instead of bitters to this drink, we're gonna add two dashes of white balsamic vinegar, right? We have two drinks in there, so two dashes, right? If you don't know, can't do a dash, take out your bar spoon, measure one bar spoon for your two dashes. Don't add more than that, you will ruin the drink, right? So, very complicated today, which I feel like I'm conjuring this cocktail together. Well, now we need to add the, um, the, the main, you know, the main, the show. So we're gonna add one and a half ounces of the Heronin vodka. So again, we're making two cocktails. So I'm putting in three ounces. And then finally, <clears throat> so you don't choke to death, we're going to add um, one ounce of simple syrup. And that is gonna bring that sour down just a little bit so you're not like just like dying. Okay, so if you see what you have in there, you have this like crazy mixture. It looks wild. You're like, this is gonna be weird. It's not gonna be weird. It's gonna be delicious. So we're gonna go ahead and pre-pour some ice into our Collins glasses. Because <clears throat> once this is done, you really wanna drink it. It's, it's just really beautiful and sour and has this like really nice complexity and it's really great. All right, so everything's in there. We're gonna hard shake. 
All right. See, beautiful froth. Can you see that? That pretty froth? So it's nice and pink, it's beautiful. This is where the next layer of this, right? So you're gonna double strain. Because what you don't want is any chunks in your drink. I mean, I don't know, maybe you want some chunks in your drink. I don't, I, I don't like salad cocktails. I like them nice and clean. There we go. It takes a little time to pour this drink and this is the reason why craft cocktails are better than regular cocktails because they take time and they are worth it. All right. So you're about halfway down your Collins glass and you're going to fill the rest with a little bit of club soda. So these are glasses are a little bit bigger than I normally would use. So what we're gonna do is make sure we don't over, you know, put too much club soda in there. Just top it off. Really beautiful. And we're going to garnish this with a lemon. So pretty, right? It looks like milk almost, but it's like totally not. I love it. I love this time of year, it's my favorite time of year. Like when all the things don't um, exactly seem like how they should be, and yet they are. And just because I have really beautiful garnishes today, we're gonna use something a little bit different in there. Sometimes, you know, use what, use what you have at home. I always say this, you have like mint growing in your garden and it's really lovely, then put it in there and use it. If it's what you wanna use, you have lavender, you have something there, you wanna steal it from your friend, you saw it in the grocery store and you thought, oh my gosh, that could be really beautiful. It probably is. If you think it's beautiful, it probably is beautiful, so just use it. And sometimes a little over garnish is really okay. So there we go, and I think it's quite lovely. So cheers. Gina, this is not, it's beautiful, yes, but it's really, really good. The sour, um, I, I would have never thought of putting sour cream. I mean, that's why you're the mixed of Gina, and I am not. Put sour cream with watermelon in the vodka. It's amazing. First of all, I love using the vinegar, the sour cream, and like a fruit component. Um, you could do a can with um, like, uh, uh, you know, anything tubular. I'll also look at like um, squash woodwork, pumpkin, um, oh. you know, cucumber, that kind of yeah. thing would work with it. Um, I might go a little bit more delicate and use like a creme fraiche, which is like, um, it has a little bit more acidity, but it is the sour and it's like a French sour cream in case you don't know what creme fraiche is. It is not sour cream. It's yeah. not exactly the same. It's closer to a yogurt. It's like in between the two, which is so insane to think that there's like so many layers to sour cream. Um, one thing that you could do, right? Like, so like one thing, and I mentioned this before, you can make this juice you know, do the um, watermelon, the sour cream, and your lemon juice earlier ahead of time if you're gonna have like a large amount of people over and you don't wanna be like stuck there making them per drink, you know? Yeah. Um, I like to make cocktails for myself though, you know, over my husband. So like, I would just use some of the ingredients I have at home and just do that. It's interesting. Um, if you love salt, you can add a pinch of salt. And um, I reckon, yeah. Gina, question for you on the balsamic uh, difference use in cocktails, white versus brown balsamic. I've, I've been using brown balsamic in my cocktails and now have I been doing it all wrong? Should I only be using white balsamic? Uh, no, you haven't been doing it all wrong. I hate, this is what I hate, right? I hate when you have this beautiful cocktail color, right? Pink. Yeah, and then I'm like, beautiful. I want to use balsamic vinegar in there. And then I put in there brown balsamic, right? Yeah. And then bam, the whole cocktail looks like mud, right? So you spend all this time to make it beautiful and then you have to, you, so, it's the same thing with white wine vinegar, right? Yeah. Sometimes you're making like a salad recipe, right? And you have this beautiful, you know, I don't know, a cucumber salad with like feta cheese, whatever, and then you use red wine vinegar. 
And then now the, the cheese turned pink. Yeah. And like, you're like, oh, it's just, what a waste of time. So that's when you want to use the white, right? And then, mm. but the white balsamic is a little um, more tart than, um, and I said the word tart because it, it is more sugar to it, right? Yeah. We learned a different sour and tart. Then um, the balsamic, it definitely is, the balsamic is definitely sweeter. Yeah. So you want to be just careful, like, how much you use. That's why I said, if you don't know how to dash from your bottle, no problem, measure with the bar spoon. And, you know, you don't have to, like, worry about it. And, again, it's all to taste, right? Mm -hmm. If you hate vinegar, don't put it in there, you know? Uh, but, but, you know, it's interesting you say that. I don't, it's not like you taste the vinegar. It's not vinegar forward. No, no, It's no. really, I mean, it's really round. I do love the fact that you put little um, watermelon wedges in the top of my... Um, my glass, because it makes me think of little witches' hats, which is a perfect, because it's here and in. So you like little tiny little witch hats on top. Amazing. I love. If Barbie were a witch, she'd be wearing watermelon witch hats. I would. I can't even with the pink right now. I love it. I love it. My kids are like, Mom, everything's pink. I'm like, I love it. I well, know. I think it's it's kind of funny. You took like this Harridan bottle, which we talked, the branding is kind of dark and mystic. And, you know, like, the, it, and then we put it and made a really beautiful pink drink with it. <laughs> and maybe that's the name. If Barbie were a witch. There we go. There we go. Which Barbie? That's your summer edition. <laughs> but again, you want to use the melons this time of year. You want those October melons. So again, whatever's available to you, use them. They're almost on the cusp of being sour. Like they're not good. Let right? me ask you this. Could you use like, you know, some of the, you've used other melons in the past. I love talking about your melons. And do you see what I'm doing with my hands? Yes. It's like your melons. Yes. That's really, yes. I'm really, if rather, <laughs> not, yeah. Um, could you use some, like some of the yellow melons? Uh -huh. if you, like really, any, any of the melons would work. Like Santa, you're talking about the Santa Claus melons? Yes. So like Santa Claus melons would work. Any of the honeydews, um, you know, anything would work. But it's it's this time of year. It's like that first like two weeks of October, right when like you know our last little Indian allegedly you know they call it the Indian summer in September, yeah. but it goes all the way now to November, right? Yeah. So you're getting these um, last last lick uh, melons on the vines, and they're really great. And like I'll be honest with you, if you have your own farm or you're near a farm, or you're upstate New York, or something like that, right? And you could get a melon that has been on the vine during the first frost, and then you get it, Oh! and you make it with this, now we're talking spectacular. Like, you're taking something that would be, like, amazing to spectacular, but, like, in order to do that, you really have to know the farmer. You have to say, I'm going to buy all 50 of these watermelons, or whatever they have, and, like, let it go to first frost, and then you're going to take it, juice it, and then have this sour liquid. Does the watermelon get all mealy then? Like, it's not something you'd want to eat, but something you'd no, want to juice. No, you juice it. Yeah, you're that's really what I'm saying. Something the juice. Juice. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah, I always juice my watermelons. When but I you would them. take them right yeah. away. So that night they freeze. That morning wow. you're juicing them. Wow. That's what I say at first frost. And not like you let them warm up again during the mor that then sun. Get, no, you just take them right off that morning. So same, same concept of making, like, ice wines and stuff, right? Nice, nice. You're waiting for the first mm -hmm. frost. So... Before we go any further, Jane, we got to do our housekeeping. Where are they going to go to get this recipe? You're going to go to designateddrinker.show for the um, recipe, and you can follow on, you can go on Instagram for the tip and, like, talking about, um, you know, what's the difference between uh, tart and sour. And uh, in general, if you have any questions, DM us. Like, I love the questions. Please send me some questions. Yep, absolutely. Communicate absolutely. with me. I don't know why. <laughs> I, 
Otherwise, she's going to get a Ouija board out. I know, but like, I'll get, but, but go to Designated Drinker and communicate me with there on uh, Instagram and not just on my personal because a lot of times they, they send it to me and I'm like, oh no, we'll just do it through that. Anyway, either way, we'll get you the answers. Yep. And then the other thing we're going to do is make sure our episode notes include all of those links um, to our website, to Insta, all those things. And the other thing we're going to do is make sure we have a link to Heritage Vodka because. It's not, if you can't get it at uh, your local store, don't worry. She'll send it, uh, Bridget will send it right to your house. I think it's even better. You know, what I heard is she actually delivers it on a broom personally. She flies That'd around the country. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> Listen, if drone delivery ever becomes a thing, you have to dress up the drone as a witch and then have it drop a bottle. As a witch. I mean, literally. Tape a little broomstick yeah. on there. I'm so ready to live in Jetsons time where drones bring my groceries to my like 90th window in like, New York City. Yeah. But. Uh, my uh, Roomba is named Rosie. Of course, yeah. perfect. It's a great name. <laughs> That's a fabulous name, really. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think this uh, brings us to uh, our last question, Gina. It's all you. Okay, so this was inspired by this morning, by the way. <laughs> uh, I know, this is like such a funny thing. So, you know, in this day and age, everybody has like a spirit animal they um, identify with, right? If you were to identify with, like, say, a newt, Right, because you needed the eyes for your witchcraft. Um, if you can identify yourself, and that I don't think you're a newt. I I would like to I would like to know if you. That's how I know if you're listening to the show before. If you were a spirit ingredient, right? What would what would your ingredient like be that would um, describe you and your spirit? Ooh, spirit ingredient. So you're not actually the newt. What I'm asking is. Give me an ingredient. It could be for food. It could be for cocktails. It doesn't have to. It's just like, give me one of those things. You'd be like, I love watermelon because whatever. Okay. I am watermelon. I am uh, watermelon. I don't. All right. I am lamp. <laughs> this is the first thing that came to mind, but now I feel like I can spin an explanation behind it. Uh, so it would be milk. I love milk punch. And I also love the history behind Milk Punch as it was one of the you know, first cocktails in the United States. And people would travel around to different taverns and tr try the Milk Punch of that tavern. So it's also a very historical cocktail. And as I mentioned, I was a history major. So uh, I would say something weird and maybe not what people would expect, Milk. Perfect. We've never had milk. We've never had milk, but that makes it a really great um, thing. Also, you know, what, what do they do when they put all that booze in it? And they soured the milk. They got the whey. So oh. it all works. There we go. It Perfect. totally works. Well, thank yeah, you. I didn't say well, lemon. Well, that was cheers. Magic, so milk. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers, cheers. To Bridget, cheers to all your success. And I... Thank you for this lovely liquid. It is a truly, truly uh, a great vodka. So thank you. It's been it's been awesome to be on the show and, and chat with you guys. And uh, you know, look forward to I look forward to making this amazing recipe and, and drinking it myself. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a Latino-owned, strategy-driven, creatively fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. 
Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Links League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.